Welcome to a special edition of Draft 412 Podcast. I am Joe 412 here with my illustrious colleague, John Toth, JT, our editor-in-chief. JT, nice to have you back on the show. Looking um, forward and, to it, man. We've got a special guest tonight, Jeff Kirby from Renegade Roundtable. Jeff, how are you doing? Are you ready to go on the clock? I am ready to go. All right. Well, before we get into Steeler stuff, because you know the game's only a couple of days away, why don't you tell everybody who you are and how they can get a hold of you? So I am Jeff Kirby. I am host of the Renegade Roundtable podcast. You can catch us on YouTube at Renegade Roundtable. Um, my co-host, Jared Sanchez, um, he's with me every week as well. We're In fact, we're doing a live special show on Friday to discuss. Usually we'd be recording right about now, but we're doing a live show because we're actually going to be in Pittsburgh for the home opener um, but you can follow me on Twitter at Jeff underscore Kirby 412. You guys can see that down below. And also follow my co-host at boss underscore Sanchez 98 on Twitter. Um, well, nice, man. Look, thanks for being on the show. We always like to have fellow uh, Steeler fans on here. We don't mind being a little cheerleader-ish uh, for uh, you know the, uh, the hometown team uh, here at 412. So, want to start you off with a little bit of a softball question. Um, obviously, we're a draft outlet, and we focus a lot on prospects, rookies, trades, things that affect team building. Uh, and, you know, we want your take on the 2023 Steelers draft class. Uh, you know, how would you grade Omar Khan's, you know, first class on his own? I love what Omar Khan did with this draft class because – Going into this draft class, there was always the big question of what are they going to do? You know, are they going to be able to get one of those left tackles? We you knew that Paris Johnson was probably not going to be there. People were wondering, could Broderick Jones be there? Maybe, maybe not. And then there was always the question of, are you going to go after a corner? Because we had figured the top three tackles were going to be off the board. So then you go to one of the ta- or one of the corners. Luckily, you were able to get one of the tackles and you were able to trade up, which is very ironic because during the or the Kevin Colbert era, you never really saw him trade up all that much in the draft. You saw it in 2019 for Devin Bush. We all saw how that went. But before that, you hadn't seen him trade up in the draft since, what, 2003? So for, him, for Omar Khan to do that in his first draft by himself, it really set the the standard it really set the it set the momentum for what he's going to do he's showing that he's going to be aggressive we saw in free agency he was very aggressive in free agency now he's being aggressive in the draft this is i think a a whole new identity for the steelers and this is honestly a very dangerous thing for the rest of the nfl yeah you know before i let jt jump in here i have to tell you we had our draft uh uh, draft event uh, at stage AE uh, and it was a packed house and it was, it was a great time. Uh, and we were on stage and when the Steelers made that trade yeah, in the first round with Christian Gonzalez and Broderick Jones on the board, it, I think the Steelers hearts were with Gonzalez, the Steelers heads, like the fans, their heads were with Jones. They knew Jones was the right pick to make, even though everybody in there thought the sexier pick would have been Christian Gonzalez. But that said uh, the place, you know, almost erupted. It was, it was, it was a fun time. So sorry, sorry, JT. I didn't mean to jump in there, but I just had a, I, I was reminiscing about that, oh, that moment in time. That was a great time. That was one of the, 
that was like um i used to sing in a band and the way they, the crowd started cheering it was a it was a great feeling i mean it was it was an excitement that went through the crowd uh jeff the steelers they did have a great draft i mean if um corey trice doesn't go down with an injury they have a chance to have a very special draft class i thought this year because i mean you saw what herbig proved that he could do in uh exhibition season so whole he's another guy that um down the road could be someone they could use as well so I, I agree with you there but besides the draft and you mentioned that the Steelers made a lot of uh did a lot in free agency what was a free agent signing you liked the most and what was one that you didn't uh didn't care that much for the one uh, easily the one that I was most excited for was it, it, it was a mixture of probably either Quan Alexander or Isaac Samalu. Isaac Samalu was one of the best guards in football. And you saw what Jason Kelsey was saying about him. And Jason Kelsey is an all pro future hall of famer. And to see what he was saying about Isaac Samalu talking about how smart he is, how physical he is. You needed that with this offensive line, you invested into it last year in free agency where you went out and got James Daniels, you got Mason Cole. So now what do you do? You go out and you get Isaac Samalu and you draft, uh, you draft Broderick Jones. So now you're revamping this offensive line. And that's exactly what you need to do. Because when you look at what uh, the art or what art Rooney wants, he talked about how he wanted to run the football. They want his team to run the football. I'm one of the people that have the philosophy of if you want to run the football effectively, Fix your offensive line. I build from the inside out. That's why, me personally, I wasn't as high on the Najee Harris pick because I thought they were saying, hey, let's fix the run game by getting a running back. No, no, no. You do that by building your offensive line and investing into your offensive line. And now they're starting to do that. And you had, and then you go to Quan Alexander where he, you saw he's going to fly around the field. And having guys, I mean, you completely revamped the whole linebacking core, which really needed to be done because you have Quan Alexander and Cole Holcomb. Those are going to be guys who you're going to be able to play in pass coverage. And then you have a Landon Roberts who, who could shoot out of a cannon and be more of that run-stuffing linebacker. That is huge. I think the mixture of getting Quan Alexander late and getting Isaac Samalu, which that was kind of late at night. We're all like, whoa. But that was a huge pickup. And in terms of one that I was a little, it was, I think the very first one was Patrick Peterson only because I was wondering how much more is he going to have left in the tank. And I was curious about that. And I mean, and we'll see, even if he comes in and is a veteran presence to guys like a, a, uh, a Joey Porter jr. Then, Hey, then that's okay, but whatever he's good. But I think now when you bring in a Joey Porter, Ju- uh, you have Joey Porter, Ju- you have uh, you have Levi Wallace, you have Patrick Peterson, you have guys like that. I think that adds in versatility within that cornerback room. You know, you hit on a few things that I think were salient points there. I mean, I, I'm a Patrick Peterson fan. I think he'll add to the room. I still, after last season, I'm convinced he still has a couple of seasons left in the tank. It might not be as lengthy of a, of a career as like Joe Hayden had after he transitioned over here. But I still think the guy can play some pretty solid football and, and be a CB one for, for the team. But you mentioned the inside linebacker position and, you know, that was a clear weakness on this team last year. And you said it was a wholesale change and you've mentioned Quan Alexander by name a couple of times already looking at this team as it sits now, are there any other glaring weaknesses 
that they still need to improve. And I'm not talking about just for this season or this week, but, you know, looking forward, uh, you know, where, where's the deficiency in the team still and where can they improve? I, I still, for me, I think the, the biggest question that I'm still going to have is overall, I still want to see overall the um, the run game. I want to see the run game continue to improve. I want to see how, again, adding more into this offensive line, how is this going to affect the team? Because obviously, you know, you have the run set to pass, pass set to run. That's football 101. We all know that. So when you're talking in terms of the run game, how affect, because like I mentioned earlier, Art, or Art Rooney wants this team to run the football. Mike Tomlin played last year. He played a very conservative offense, talking about not wanting to turn the football over. What's a great way to not turn the football over, be conservative, is running the football. And if you can do that, and again, that goes back to adding Isaac Sayamalu, at some point of time we're going to see Broderick Jones reinvesting into that offensive line over the last two years that's the biggest part that I want to see. I want to see that and just the overall playbook. I want to see how much of an evolution are we going to see within the playbook with Kenny Pickett being in year two, Kenny Pickett being able to talk to Matt Canada and figuring out, okay, I like this play. I don't like this play. I want to implement this and just adding more things in. I want to see what that's going to look like. And I want to see that pretty damn early in the season. Well, we set we set you up for this uh, next question. After you, uh, we did the free agents, you did the the draft, you did the uh, you know what you like and what you don't like. Did Omar Khan do enough to make this a playoff team, in your opinion? Yes, I I truly do. You completely reinvent, or you you added to your. Let's talk about you invented or added to your offensive line. You go out, and let's not even talk about Darnell Washington either. That was another draft pick where that's another situation where he's a guy that could be a red zone threat, and you have obviously that like sixth offensive lineman. You add guys like him. You add more pass rushers. I like the signing of Marcus Golden and getting Nick Herbig because now that adds a four-headed monster into your pass rush, which is going to be very nice for guys like Alex Highsmith and obviously TJ. Keep those guys fresh and ready to go so when the fourth quarter comes, they're more fresh and they're going to be able to make more plays and be more disruptive. So you, you get that. And then even the most recent signing with Desmond King, now that's a guy you're going to be able to play in the slot. And that was my biggest worry was, what are you going to do with the slot corner? Because right now you had Shandon Sullivan, and I was questionable on him. Now you get a guy like Desmond King. I think Omar Khan has done an exceptional job, and I do believe he's made a playoff roster for 2023 and beyond. Yeah, you know, I've got to really agree with you on Desmond King. I think that's a steal. Uh, I know that some folks think he might be slowing down a bit and – so this is a former all-pro guy that's experienced to help them in the slot, who can help them on special teams, help them in nickel and dime. Uh, in a pinch, is going to be a you know he can move up and be a starter again. I think I don't know what Houston was doing when they let him go. Frankly, I don't know what Houston does most of the time. But like ultimately, you know, I think that was that might be a real one of those steals that you don't talk about until mm-hmm. halfway through the season. You're like, you know, this guy really plugged in and and helped out in the absence of a Cam Sutton and some others. So. Uh, but in that same vein, um, what player or players uh, do you think jump up this year and, and surprise folks with their play? 
you know what? Before I say this, this one other thing I wanted to add into the uh, the previous topic that we were just talking about with um with this team as well. Omar Khan, with what he's done, is exactly what you do as a general manager when you have a franchise quarterback on a rookie contract. This is exactly what Cincinnati did last year. They spent on their offensive line. They realized, hey, we have a franchise wide receiver and a franchise quarterback under rookie contract. Let's go and go for it now. And that's what Omar Khan did this year. He went out and spent and he said, hey, we have a, a window where we really have a shot. Let's go for it. But to answer your question, so it, it was pretty much what? The player that I'm looking forward to the most? The one that you think, or players, it can be multiple players that really are going to jump up and surprise people this year. Not necessarily, you know, TJ Watt's going to have a great season, but like, you know, who do you think jumps up and really surprises, whether it's a development thing or a new new face on the team or any of that stuff? I think, I think people don't know what's coming with Calvin Austin. I think Calvin Austin, if you can use him correctly, we all know there's all been all the memes in the world about jet sweeps. That's a guy where if you want to run a jet sweep and get Calvin Austin out in space, you're on to something. You can make plays. He's a big time threat. So, and then even then, if you just want to send him straight, you want to send him deep. He's a deep shot every single time. Safeties and corners are gonna have they're gonna have to pay attention to him, and that's gonna open up things more in the intermediate and short routes. So I think Calvin Austin is the one guy that I am really like. Hey, you guys better watch out. I was talking to I'm in a, in a group chat with uh, a bunch of Browns fans uh, that are my close friends because I'm from the Cleveland area, and they and they had asked about the Browns, but he had asked me about about the Steelers, and I said Calvin Austin, and they said. They basically did the Conor McGregor. Who the bleep is that guy? I'm like you'll see, you'll see. On the, uh, I, I agree with you. I like I like the uh, the Austin pick. On the other end of that spectrum, what player or players do you think will disappoint the fan base? Do you think maybe we'll take a step back in the uh, progression with them? Oh man, um, I. I don't know if I think it, I, I think it's going to be Najee again. I think Najee, and I hate to say this because I mean I do like him, but I think Najee is just one of those guys that I, I I question his vision. I question why is it that he's grinding so hard to get three yards, and then you get a guy like Jalen Warren who's an undrafted free agent who's just able to shoot out of a cannon and just get five, six, seven yards of pop, no problem. I just, I, and I understand that Najee Harris was injured last year at the beginning part of the season, but I think, I think people are saying, Hey, Najee's going to really take us and take it to the next level. I, I just got a, I got a bad feeling that we're not going to see it. And that's not going to be good for him. If he wants any shot of trying to get some sort of contract extension, this has to be his year, and I just don't see it. I was going to ask you about your expectations for the season, but you mentioned earlier you think they're a playoff contender. So I'm going to flip the script a little bit and ask you to kind of rank the AFC North teams. I mean, this is a pretty tough division. You know, you got the Bengals who are arguably still the, the clear-cut um, division pre presumptive winners. 
Uh, but you've got an improved Browns team, at least on paper. Um, and you've got, uh, you know, a Baltimore Ravens team that's always game. Uh, and with, you know, Lamar Jackson's big contract and the Zay, Fal- Zay Flowers pick, OBJ going there, the return of a, you know, a healthy J.K. Dobbins, perhaps. Um, you know, how do you rank these one through four? I mean, where do the Steelers end up? Are they going to be competing for the division championship or are they going to be scrapping to get in on a wild card spot? I think that I think in my order, I went Cincinnati one, Pittsburgh two, Cleveland three, Baltimore four. Reason why I go Cincinnati is Cincinnati. They are a team that deserves to have that respect. I mean, Joe Burrow is Joe Burrow and that offense is going to be electric. They're going to be great. And obviously the defense is going to be able to do just, they're going to be able to do enough. They don't have to be great. If they're middle of the road with that offense, they're going to be just fine. Pittsburgh, I think at number two, because I'm not ready for them to, I'm not ready to put them above Cincinnati yet. I'm not ready to do that. But what I can say is when I look at Pittsburgh and all the improvements that they've made, they went nine and eight last year with TJ Watt being out half the season and transitioning to a rookie quarterback midway through the, or, you know, partway through the season. So I want to go there with them. Cleveland is intriguing because I'm curious to see how Deshaun Watson's could apply. I'm curious to see how Deshaun Watson and Kevin Stefanski work because is Kevin Stefanski going to change his offense more to what fits Deshaun Watson, or is he going to continue to run the Kevin Stefanski offense? Cause I don't think that's going to, I don't think that those two work together very well. And then on defense, the one thing that they did that I like that Pittsburgh did as well is added depth in that pass rushing because miles Garrett was one of those. I think the main reason why he has not won a defensive player of the year is because in the fourth quarter, he doesn't tend to make plays as much. And I think now you get depth and they're a, I think he's going to be able to make more plays for them and later in games. And then Baltimore, I question how is Lamar Jackson going to look in a pass-heavy offense. This is the first he's going to be transitioning to a, a passing game that he has not been a part of before in Todd Munkin's offense. So I'm curious to see how that's going to go. Is he going to stay healthy? I mean, are we going to go three years in a row with him not ending the season? You know, ending the season hurt. So we don't know that. And I, it's as weird as this is going to say. This is the first time in like a decade I somewhat have questions. I like I don't know if, how their defense is going to be. They're, de- they're always known for having good defenses. But this year, I just got this weird feeling that their defense is just not going to be that good. You know, if I could comment on that before I turn this over to JT, I, uh, I, I agree with your order there. I think the Bengals are the, you know, the best in class at this point, unless someone knocks them off. I think it's – I don't know how long it's been since a team has won the division three years in a row. So I think that maybe, you know, something crazy happens there and – and something happens. I, I do agree with you on, you know, on Cleveland. I think they are improved. The one thing I will say about Lamar Jackson too, is I don't think he finishes the season. You know, this is the kind of quarterback that just doesn't any, like, I hate to say it, but the kind of quarterback that he is, is not a Todd Munkin quarterback, right? Like this is, this is a guy who has tr- trouble throwing outside the numbers and he has trouble throwing accurately deep. He throws well over the middle. Uh, you know, the Mark Andrews show all day long, you know, but, you know, if he was good at this, he would have been good at it already. 
you know, and I think that where he excels is in the running game, his escapability, he's otherworldly. There's no question about his unique generational talent in that respect. And, you know, MVP kind of status a few years ago, but those kind of guys that depend on their legs to win as they get older and they, the injuries mount, they have a tendency to start slipping. And, you know, this isn't a guy that's going to get better with age, like an Aaron Rodgers or a Peyton Manning or a Tom Brady, because they're seeing the game better. And if the game is slowed down for them and it's not the same, uh, this is different. You know, these guys have always depended on their legs and, you know, I just don't see him as being that guy. So I have a tendency to agree with you. I think, Unfortunately, this might be Harbaugh's worst year, even though they've gone out and spent a lot of money in the offseason. And I hope for the Steelers' sake, I'm right. <laughs> but, you know, you, you never know. I mean, of course, I say this now, Lamar Jackson will be MVP and they'll be in the Super Bowl. But we'll see. We'll see. Um, real quick also. So you said you don't remember the last time that a team in the AFC North has won three uh, three consecutive years. Yeah, I, it, couldn't rem- I didn't know since, off the top of my head since when Since the it was. AFC North realignment, it has not happened. The last well, there time. there you go. It was 1994 to 97 when the Steelers won it four straight years. That's the last time. Yeah. So you think about how long ago that is. And so Cincinnati winning it for a third year in a row might be, you know, an uncommon feat. So, you know, maybe there is some hope for a division championship in there. You better. I mean, we all hope and pray. I agree with a lot of the points both teams made on that, especially, um, I mean, the Bengals are just like any other team in the in the division. If if Burrow goes down for even a game or two or an extended period of time, they're they're in deep. They're in a lot of trouble. Like just the same if, if Pickett goes down. I mean, and, and Lamar Jackson. But um, to take you to the next step now, AFC title is, is this Buffalo's year for redemption? You think Buffalo does it this year, or do you have another team in the AFC that you really uh you really uh you you like? There's a lot of good teams in the AFC. That's for sure. The AFC is the AFC is just an absolute. It, it's going to be as what Jim Ross like used to like to say. It's a damn demolition derby, and with this, I don't think it's going to be. I don't think this is Buffalo's year. You, you got to say it with a Southern accent if you're going to invoke Jim Ross. You got to say it. You got to say it that way. It's just a cool <laughs> here. I'll give it a try. It's a damn demolition <laughs> derby. <laughs> It, nah, that was a six out of ten, but but I'll give you a seven for effort. <laughs> but yeah, I don't think this is Buffalo's year. I uh, they lost some pieces on defense, and my biggest thing is for them is their wide receiver core. I don't think their wide receiver core is as good as people think. Obviously, Stephon Diggs is Stephon Diggs, but then you have guys like Gabe Davis and Khalil Shakir. I, I, I don't think that those guys behind them are as good as people think, and. I just – that's my biggest thing with them. They lost people on defense, and I don't think the wide receiver core is as good. So when it comes to Buffalo, uh, in just terms in the AFC, obviously it's easy to say Kansas City. And, I mean, they very well could have a shot, although we don't know how this Chris Jones' situation – how long is that going to go for? Travis Kelsey, obviously he had his injury. He's not going to be playing tonight uh, Well, as we're recording this. So – and. I, it, I mean, it's still, it's still, I mean, as much as I want to, you know, give you guys, oh, a hot take, it's going to be this, that, and the third. In reality, it's going to probably end up being Cincinnati or Kansas City in the A coming out of the AFC. I'm not going to go as foolish as what Andrew Filipponi said, saying the Steelers are going to go 14 and three and go to the Super Bowl. Sorry, I ain't doing all that. Well, look, it, it, you, 
it's fine on on this side. And before we let you off the clock, we got to hear your Super Bowl prediction. So, if you think it's going to be you know KC or the Bengals in the AFC, who are you talking in the NFC? Uh, well, I think the NFC is just it's a lot easier to talk about. Obviously, you have Philadelphia. They go out and they improve even. They go out and after they have having the success that they had in terms of their defensive line, now you go and get Jalen Carter. How the hell did the NFL allow that to happen? I don't know, but I think it's just it's going to be down to them and between them and San Francisco. And at that point, who do you trust more as your quarterback position between Brock Purdy and Jalen Hurts? Obviously, I think we all would trust Jalen Hurts a lot more. So I think we're going to end up seeing a rematch for the first time in God knows how long. So you're saying Chiefs, Eagles? Yeah, and I think, and I, and then Super Bowl, I actually, as much as I want to say, I think we'll get a first repeat since the three or four. In uh in New England in the early two thousands, I think that this might end up being the Eagles' year. So no love for the Detroit Lions. No, just overhyped machine. <laughs> I you know what's with with the Detroit Lions is I'm one of those teams like I'm one of those people that like if a team gets a whole whole lot of hype, my level for them just immediately goes down because. I feel like we've seen it far too many times where a team just gets all this hype and then it just crumbles. Understood. So. Well, well, look, man, it has been a pleasure having you on draft four, one, two. We'd love to have you back, uh, you know, as the season progresses, but before we let you go, uh, tell everybody one more time where they can get a hold of you and, and what you guys do over at Renegade. So obviously you can, you can get us on YouTube at the Renegade or at Renegade Roundtable. You can follow us on Twitter, my Twitter again at Jeff underscore Kirby four one two. You can follow his Twitter, my co-host uh, at Boss underscore Chance Sanchez ninety eight. And um, I also have a personal YouTube channel, Kirby's Corner with a K, um, where I do a bunch of reactions. I do I react to highlights and stuff of games. So that is something that I've all that I also do. So if you guys want, that's a fairly new channel. Um, I only have 53 subscribers on there. So if you guys want to go and subscribe to that, that'd be amazing. But other than that, yeah, I say thank you guys so much for having me on. It's been an absolute blast. And of course we could do this any other time during, uh, during the season. It's been a pleasure more than happy to have you back. And again, my friend, thanks for coming on the show. Hey, no problem. Thank you, Jeff.